catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hola, Zariguayas. Hello, Possums. Welcome to week nine edition of Offensive Points. I am with my homies, Josh and Billy. You know where to find them on Twitter. It's linked somewhere in this video. You guys know where to find us. IDP Army everywhere. Twitter, TikTok, WeChat. I don't even know. It's on there. Jordan's posting stuff everywhere. You can find us anywhere, and we want to hear from you guys. Guys, here at the IDP Army, we are doing big things. Go and check out the Dynasty Index. I mean, Jordan just freaking put notes on Matt Corral in there to show you how deep we go into this. Go get some. Join the team. We love it. Josh, Billy, what is up? <clears throat> Not much, honestly. I'm glad I get to talk second this time. Glad that. Yeah. Um, trade deadline was crazy, huh? Right yeah, dude, that was wild. That was wild. Honestly, listen, guys, you said you didn't want to, you didn't want me to talk. I was talking too much. I was trying not to give an intro here. So I was trying to give you a time to talk, Billy. But you know what? You caused dead air. So yes, trade deadline. Awesome. Phenomenal. Uh got some fireworks. Honestly, a little bit of a little bit of a lame ending, but uh the the what two o'clock hour over on the East Coast was pretty wild. Or it was wild. Whatever time it was. It was hard to even work with all that stuff going on, man. I was I, I was working I had, with clients and I just kept ding ding ding. I'm like, oh my god, you know. I had to take a break it. just to get caught up on everything. I really hope my uh, boss doesn't listen to this, but I think I got no work done between two and three that day. So, do you ever get work done? Uh, Especially that's between a, hours of two and three. It's a debatable conversation, um, but I'm that's not going like to right that. after lunch, man. Like you get back into work, and then that. That two to three, you're just like, ah, oh, kill me. Let me go I'm, home. I'm yeah. not going to lie. I do pretty much 75% of my job from 8 to 12 just naturally because I just kick ass in the morning. And then you're right, that lunch lull. Yeah. Dude. It's a real that thing. Lunch lull. I'm the same way, man. That's way more productive in the morning. I hear that, you. That last 30 minutes, though, that's the other 25%. Oh, yeah. Man. All right, guys. Do we want to jump straight into all these trades? We got a lot to get through. Let's yeah, to talk about them. All right. Well, let's start with the very first one. And this, you know, this is very near and dear to one person's heart on here. But the Chicago Bears traded a 2023 second round pick, their own 2023 second round pick, for Chase Claypool. Joe, let's open the floor with you and your Bears love. Okay. Um, I like it. I originally was very thrown off by this trade. I did not like it, but I do like Chase Claypool as a player. He does profile as a one, which allows Mooney to be a two and puts Akeel Harry in the slot. I think that's pretty awesome setup-wise for Fields. We have a big slot, big guy outside, and then Mooney can just be a burner there. Originally, I was really upset with the uh, the two. That was what got me for it, but... The Packers apparently offered a two to the Steelers as well. And Ryan Poles went with the second that we got from Baltimore for Roquan, which don't even get me started on that trade. <laughs> but we we offered them Baltimore's number two. And then we found out that the Packers offered them their number two. So Poles said, you know what? Fuck it. Take our number two, knowing it would be a better pick and more enticing to the Steelers. So we jumped Green Bay to block them from getting a wide receiver and got a potential productive player for us in the process. I like it. I love it. All right. So let me get into my uh, idea of this. 
my fu- the funniest thing about this, and not it's not the second round pick because I have a lot of Bears friend Bears Bears fans friends. That's weird. I don't know. Um, but I will say the funniest thing is it seemed like they were the sellers all day. Everyone was like they traded Roquan a few days earlier, or not? We're sorry, they traded Quinn earlier a few days, and then they go to Roquan, and then we're like, what? Only a second, and then they go buy. Claypool with a second, which turned out to be their own, which I do. I do love that they jumped uh, the Green Bay Packers on that. But I actually do like this a lot. I like this for Fields because they need to develop him. Um, I love that they took the chance on all these wide receivers in the offseason. And I feel like everyone was like, oh, it's dumb. They're all trash. You know what the cool thing is? They found out which ones were trash, which was most of them, which is unfortunate. But Nikhil Harry actually has shown something. And I think that he... A lot, as the third guy would be a lot better than just the second guy. And you put a lot of big body receivers out there for him. I've never been a huge fan of Claypool ever since the three touchdown game against the Eagles a long time ago. Yeah, you guys were wondering how I was going to work that in. There it is. Yeah, um, I was waiting for it. But honestly, like the three of them, Mooney, Claypool, and uh, Nikhil Harry running around out there, not to mention throw Velas Jones in there a little bit. I actually really like this uh, offense now. I mean, I know the line has problems, but. Okay. Uh now that we've gotten the happy part of this out of the way, let's get to the bad part of this, which I have had this loaded up. Um, a, I mean, I guess this is a positive. Finally, they're getting youthful wide receivers. I mean, Chase Claypool is younger than Velas Jones, so we'll start there, where I'm glad they finally are bringing some youth into the organization. Um, my problem, Chase Claypool has a year and a half left before they have to pay him. Why would you give up a top 50 pick, possibly, to get him on the team? That doesn't really seem like a good idea. I think the Bears still need an actual number one wide receiver. Claypool is still a three at best, I think, on this offense. I think Mooney is a two, Claypool a three, and then you still need an actual number one on the team. I will give you this. Claypool is better than any other player they have on the team, but was it enough to give up a you know, a rookie that you could have brought in a receiver in the draft to, you know, I don't know why. I don't know. I don't know if that was a good idea or not. And I just, I get that they want to see from fields now, but it's just, you've already kind of like committed to a rebuildish type season. Like, I don't know if seeing, I don't know if paying that price to see what fields is this year. Like if you weren't already planning to do that anyway, like not drafting players to get to that level, not signing anybody of, you know, real actual, like, let's see what he's worth talent. Like, you know what they, but Jacksonville did with Christian Kirk, for example. Like, he didn't do anything like that. I, I just – I don't know why they did this, really. I, the Bears – this seems like a very odd move in my so eyes. I want to hop in on this because I had the same initial reaction as you did. But if you look at the free agent market coming up next year, Jacoby Myers is probably the top guy, I think you would say. So instead of us going out and throwing Christian Kirk money at Jacoby Myers, we flipped a second, which is an unproven player, not saying that – Rookies aren't valuable, but we secured Chase Claypool and we can probably bring him up, bring him back on a cheaper deal if he does work out for us. I like it. I mean, that's my biggest thing is looking at the free agents next year. We do have the most cap space in the league and that's awesome. But do we really want to blow it on mediocre players or can we get a mediocre player with a a pick? Was the the second pick for Baltimore not available on draft night? Like when they're doing the draft, like could they not have been like, hey, uh, Steelers, here's a second round pick where maybe you just send Claypool back because you're not going to re-sign him after this year. Like, why not do that? I don't understand why. What was the urgency of right now and giving up? Well, like I said, there's essentially no, a first round to, pick because it was there. Honestly, I mean, you can float a second rounder out next year and they're in the draft and maybe not get anything. I think Claypool really unlocks this offense for what he does around the line of scrimmage. He's decent at blocking and he's a big receiver. So. I like the move for Fields, and I like it for the Bears. I'm not ecstatic about it by any means, but I don't hate it. Uh, Josh used used the raise your hand feature on Google Meets. Um, No, I just want to say real quick, get back to Billy's uh, argument of Chase Claypool is the best receiver on this team. I feel like everyone just kind of forgot that Mooney's a good receiver and is the product of a really terrible offense. No offense to the Bears, but this only unlocks Mooney to have more down the field shots. And I, I, I agree with Joe in the aspect of, Claypool on this team. Once again, I don't agree with the price tag. I think the second round pick was a little much, but once again, that's what people were offering. Um, Claypool does offer a big body who is a little bit more proven than Nikhil Harry um, and can actually do some things on the offense. And yeah, maybe they don't sign him in two years, but you know what they've got? They got a two year rental to figure it out. And like Joe said, there's not really much in there. 
they can go get a wide receiver in the third round of the draft that has not always paid off, but you can find yourself a receiver somewhere. They can also move some parts around. I think they'll be okay. I just hope they go wide receiver in the first round this year and actually get a number one on the I team, don't. which is they what need, Fields needs. Fields they need needs offensive number linemen. Number one. Offensive well, I, linemen. They could do that, but like you know, if you're going to evaluate Hurts, you go get him an AJ Brown. If you want to evaluate Tua, you go get him a Tyree Kill. If you want to invite, you know, evaluate Fields, Chase Claypool is not that, and he's not going to make play or uh, Fields. You know, you're not going to gain any knowledge, I don't think, based off of Claypool. But who knows? Maybe. All right, real, maybe real quick, just real quick. I just want to get this out there. The Bears are one win away from the wild card right now. I mean, this is they're still playing. I understand that they sold Roquan, which I assume we're getting into here shortly. But they are still playing for the playoffs this year. So I like the fact that they actually showed some aggression instead of just being sellers at the trade deadline. So this gives them an actual. I wouldn't say dynamic offense, but a, a fighting chance for the pass game, which is what they needed. And they really are like a couple games back from making the wild card at this point. So now I'm not saying they're going to do anything with it, but I'm saying they could hypothetically go on a run their division other than for some reason, the Vikings, which they haven't even been playing that well is terrible. So it's the one year they can actually beat the Packers. Although that's the problem. They have to beat the Packers. So they already lost to him once. So, I don't know. True. I don't know. It's an it's an odd plan. All right. Chase Claypool is due six hundred and seventy-three thousand this year, which I assume the Steelers paid a lot of that. And one point five mil next year. So it's essentially it's, free it's, minus the pick. It's cheap, and I get that. I, I don't know. I guess I just we'll have to see what other move they're willing to make because they're still a wide receiver one away from actually seeing what Justin Fields is with his arm because Mooney and Claypool are good second and third pieces. They're not the main focal point. I wish the Eagles had this receiving core last year. Let's just put it that way. Like this would have been, and they, you know what the Eagles did? They went out and got a number one. I understand that, but two number two is not bad either. And I also still believe that Mooney is a number one. So I got, they got a one and a two. I wish I believe that too. But anyway, on a number two, Minnesota Vikings trade for TJ Hawkinson. They traded a second in 2023 and a 2024 third. They also got back a 2023 fourth rounder, which I think is interesting that the Lions gave him that. But guys, TJ Hawkinson on Minnesota, what are we? Uh, what are our thoughts? I literally don't understand this trade at all from the Detroit Lions perspective. They literally had an offense built around great receiving core, and then they got rid of one of the biggest pieces. I understand they weren't using him, and he wasn't. He had that one big game, and then whatever. But like, as a tight end head coach. How do you trade your tight end that you drafted in the first round two years ago away to a division rival? It makes absolutely no sense. I am floored by the whole trade. I'm actually really pissed off because I've been rooting for these damn lions for too long that I can remember. So <clears throat> sorry, dad. <laughs> His contract's super backloaded. He's due $9 million next year. That's the only thing that I could see why they would want to cut size with him. But you're right, Josh. I mean, TJ Hawkinson really in a league that doesn't have a whole lot going on at tight end right now. TJ Hawkinson was that guy and you're going to get him to your division rival who, I mean, it's currently the division. just got a lot better. Yeah. yeah, I guess on one hand, I get what Detroit was thinking. They need to massively rebuild. So, Let's just clear the books of every single person, I guess. But at the same time, I don't really understand why they did it and why it needed to happen right at the trade deadline. Could he not have fetched more in the offseason? I don't know. Very, very strange trade. But, I mean, the rebuild started in Detroit, and I guess that's where we're headed with this. I mean, I understand that they're not super competitive at this moment. I mean, their defense is just complete trash, but I just don't understand how they could give away Hawkinson. I understand they got a second. That's that's big. That can help. But you dra- you drafted this guy as a first, what, two years ago? Something like yeah. that, two or three, yeah. Oh, for fantasy know. purposes, I mean, you have to assume he's going to catch right on where he was. Minnesota has been trying to feature the tight end with Munt and Irv Smith, and they just really haven't done it. So Hawkinson I- should jump right in there, especially with Thielen slowing down a little bit. 
I was actually saying Thielen was actually doing well too. And this actually is just going to completely eat into his targets. Cause you know, it's not going to hurt Jefferson's targets. I mean, if anything, it's just going to open up the side of the field because they're going to have to watch out for Hawkinson in the middle. So I love it for Minnesota. I hate it for the lions. It's just, just um, and I'm guessing fantasy managers out there are probably wondering, like, is this, I mean, is Hawkinson going to be still as reliable? And I'd have to say, yes. I mean, I think that he's probably going to be him. better. I think he's going to be more say, reliable. Yeah. This is the best quarterback. He really, ever didn't played with, do much. he really wasn't doing much in Detroit aside from his 40 point game where he had 160 some yards and two touchdowns. But other than that, he really hasn't been that great. So I would assume it's a lateral move, if anything, if not better. I think I'll have to agree with that, but I think you know if you if you have T.J. Hawkinson out there, I think you're in a better spot now than you were. Let's put it that way. Absolutely. All right, on to number three. This one kind of happened earlier, but I feel still think we should get to it. Uh, the Chiefs traded for Kadarius Tony. They traded a 2023 conditional third round pick and a 2023 sixth round pick. Uh, guys, do we think Kadarius Tony is now relevant in fantasy football? It's the yes. year of giving up on the first round picks. Feels like that. Yeah, sure. I think, you know, Tony is definitely a diva. We've seen what he can do on the field, although it was a small sample size. He brings an element that the Chiefs are definitely missing. They try to get Nicole Hardman to do that. They try to get that. But ever since they let Hill go, they haven't had that truly dynamic player. Kadarius Tony offers that. And the thing that cracks me up is – He's a prima donna. He's a nuisance in the locker room. Every time one of these guys goes to Kansas City, I don't know what Andy Reid does in that locker room, but we haven't heard a freaking peep out of Juju this whole season. It's true. And they just stay in Call of Duty, apparently. Yeah. I mean, I think he can wrangle in Tony and actually get him to play as a team. And I think it's a good move for the Chiefs and for Tony. Listen, so I, I, I think this is great for the Chiefs. I think this is bad for fantasy football. Uh, Juju just finally had a monster game, uh, had a couple good games in a row. McCall Hardman just finally had a monster game. These, these guys are now going to, it's going to be pick the right wide receiver. Like if you're playing daily or you're on underdog and you're in a chief's draft, which if you play the Thursday, Sunday night matchup, yeah, good luck. Cause you just pick one and you just hope for the best. Cause it's not, it's not a sure thing. It was just certainly kind of getting to that sure thing with Juju and I think this, I mean, obviously this week will be different. They probably won't use them that much. You can get one more good ride out of Juju. But the thing is, is if Tony actually hits, you're going to, you never know. You're never, never going to know which one to play. You got MVS there. You got Tony, you got Juju, you got McCole Hardman, you got Sky Moore, you got Pacheco, you got, uh, I, I, the list goes on. I mean, you, what do you do? You can't, you play Kelsey and Mahomes and Kelsey's actually been lacking from some of this. So other than his seven touchdown game, um, I mean, it's great for regular football and the chiefs are well on their way to uh, going to another super bowl. But I do say it actually sucks for fantasy football. I think this is basically you're taking MBS's role and you're taking Michael Hardman's role and you're just replacing that with one player. And I think that's kind of what Tony profiles as and I don't MBS think- hasn't done much at all. MVS has actually been one of the more most consistent Chiefs receivers. He has consistently done seven to ten points pretty much every game, other than the last game. I'm like, pretty sure actually... they signed him to be that deep threat, game-breaking ability, though, and we really haven't seen that from. Yeah, him. but we Tony's knew fast. We knew that whenever he got there, he was never that guy. Well, we knew that, but the Chiefs, I guess, thought you know they kicked the tire on it. Billy, what do you think? Um, my problem with Kadarius Tony is I haven't seen him, so I can't. It's hard to evaluate a player like. Literally, there was a guy in our, our IDP Army chat asking like about a trade thing because he has Juju and he's wanting to trade Juju because he has Kadarius Tony on his team. And I'm like, look, I don't know what you know what Kadarius Tony is as a player. I've not seen him actually play consistently. Um, it's concerning to me that he cannot make it work with Joe Sheen at you know who literally seems like he will work with whatever is around and make them the best player that they can possibly be. We're seeing that with the Giants who are actually, you know, surprisingly good in any of these games. And you don't think that he would want to feature a player like Kadarius Tony in his offense. Like it's just very odd to me. It seems like he's maybe uh, cancer in the locker room possibly. And I'm guessing that, you know, the chiefs, they just collect these players that, you know, are considered cancers in the locker room and try to, you know, be rehabilitate them. But I, you know, at some point it's not going to work. And I, I feel like, Tony, you know, maybe they have him return punts and kicks, 
maybe they start him out there and then they start working him in for a couple snaps here and there. But I just fantasy purposes, I don't know how you can add Tony and actually put him in to your lineup and think that good things are definitely going to happen. So can, all things being equal, if you have Kadarius Tony on your team, especially in a dynasty, though, this is better because yes. he just wasn't playing in New York. So he's right. in a better spot now. So we're happy about this. It's better because he's finally going to at least see the field, but you don't know what the outcome is going to be. He's going right. to be. No, uh, but if there's someone that can use a Tony type player, it's Andy Reid, especially. You I know, understand I that, but he has, he has five Tony type players on his team already. That's the problem. Like, I don't get me wrong. I, I like Kadarius Tony. I think they don't have any patience with Mecole Hardman. Sky Moore hasn't shaken out to be the guy they really want. Not have patience with McCall Hardman. He just got three touchdowns last week. But they've Two been trying ago. to use him this entire time. They keep right. trying to do those jet sweeps with him and all that stuff, and he has not jumped to be the guy that they jet sweeps don't work about eighty percent of the time. That's just well, part the, of football. The problem is they need Tyree Kill, and they haven't accepted that they don't have him yet. So they're just trying to fill that void with players and maybe Kadarius Tony is their latest. Maybe he's going to hit. There's never... literally. Sorry. Yeah, no, I'm saying you're right. I'm saying there will never be another Tyree kill, but they're trying to fill that void. They thought it was going to be sky Moore. that didn't work. They thought it, you know, could be Marquez Valdez scantling that hasn't worked. Like they're just trying to fill that void. And so now they're going to try another one and that's Kadarius Tony. And in March, there will be eight Tyree kills. Exactly. Say, they have like eight staff, Tyree kills. Be more. There's basically what I was trying to say was there's no wide receiver one on their team. And I, we want, we wanted Kadarius Tony to be the wide receiver one. We, we saw three games sample size of him. That's fine. Nicole Hardman has had his hits. Sky Moore hasn't done anything yet. Juju, we saw him his year one or year two, year one and two. And then MVS, we never saw. I don't know what they saw in him. Uh, I mean, th- there's, there's just so many wide receivers now. There's going to be too many mouths to feed. And it's probably going to cause problems in the locker room. If you already got two people, who caused problems. I sure I'm not saying Andy Reid can't handle this. I'm just saying that in general, like you're not getting a wide receiver one out of any of these guys. Like you're not starting them starting every week and you know that you're putting them in. Like it's not yeah. gonna happen. It's right, true. So I and, like it. Billy's lukewarm on it. Josh hates it. What's next? I love next. it for football. I hate it for fantasy. <laughs> Correct. All right. On to number four. Miami traded for Jeff Wilson from the San Francisco 49ers. They got back or San Francisco got a 2023 fifth back in return what do we think of jeff wilson for miami i love it i love it for jeff wilson i love it for miami uh they needed another running back uh, they got rid of chase Evans, who they clearly didn't like um and i think jeff wilson finally gets a chance to be out of the i'm i'm starter whenever you have no other options basically actually joe before you say your answer let me let's just I'm going to merge four and five because they're both Miami related. So the other Miami trade, they traded for Bradley Chubb. They traded Chase Edmonds and a 2023 first rounder to Denver for them. So now Miami has Jeff Wilson and Bradley Chubb, and they do not have a 2023 first, a 2023 fifth, and Chase Edmonds. Joe, continue on. So I love the Jeff Wilson trade because he's coming over from San Francisco. He's very familiar with the offense. He'll slot right in. I still think Mostert's your starter, but you have quality backup here, and you have a guy that can – you have two guys that you can pretty much interchange on every play here. So I love it for Jeff Wilson. I absolutely love them getting Bradley Chubb because Emmanuel Agba sucks this year. He hasn't done a (laughs) damn thing. So if Bradley Chubb can stay healthy, and that is the big if, he immediately unlocks not only himself being there, but I think Agba will get less pressure on him, and then you got Christian Wilkins in the middle. I think this really helps his defensive line here, especially as they try to make a playoff push here. So I love it for Miami. And then Chase Edmonds, I hope he can do it in Denver. I like Chase Edmonds as a player. They kind of need that guy. Melvin Gordon, Latavius Murray, whoever the hell else they're using at this point are all kind of the same guy. So he brings another dimension to the offense. He's just the replacement to Mike Boone, which I think they'll keep even when Javante's back next year, which is good for them. I don't know what Chase Edmonds contract is, which is good, but um I, I will say that uh, Bradley Chubb does bring an aspect to the Miami defense that they do not have. They've tried with these young guys and it just hasn't quite been a hit yet. And honestly, Bradley Chubb needed a change of scenery. He has been injured, but two of the last three years, basically. So, mm-hmm. and he was, he had a couple of good games so far this year. So I, I'm actually excited to see what he does for Miami's defense, but yeah, no good, good trades for Miami. Honestly, smart. Yeah. They had uh, Baron Browning coming on. So it makes sense for Denver to, you know, kick the tires there, but I love this for Miami. That might be my favorite trade out of all of the trade cycles. 
I will say for Denver, pick up Nick Benito. Uh, he used to play. He was went to college at Oklahoma. I had you know always oh loved. God, here we go. I mean, I'd always loved Benito. Shut he up, he uh, came in and got a sack on Sunday, which was exciting because he hadn't really gotten to play. And I think that he might slot into some of those snaps that Bradley Chubb will be vacating. So if you're an IDP player out there, you probably already know Benito. You probably seen him on your waiver wire already. But you know, if he's available, might want to go grab him. I have him on my taxi squad, so no problem there. Um, as far as the Jeff Wilson part of this in Miami, I, I I feel like this is just insurance that the offense runs smoothly, even if Ramey Mostert gets hurt. Um, because I think, you know, anybody, and especially Mike McDaniel, who's followed Raheem Mostert's career, the injury is always around the corner with him, and they cannot afford to lose him when they get to playoff time. And if they're wanting to make a Super Bowl run, which I think – I'm not saying they're Super Bowl, you know, they, they definitely need to start checking those odds on the – you know, I think they could definitely give Buffalo a run for their money and Casey as well. And I think that getting Bradley Chubb and Jeff Wilson – it's just kind of securing the rest of the, the team. And I think they have the potential to make a run. Well, and the thing is, is they're not doing as bad as, as they thought. Right. Basically, Brissett has actually put them in a situation to where, I mean, it's going to be a Deshaun Watson comeback, basically, to make the playoffs. But there's been a lot of like good teams that are bad right now, a.k.a. the Bengals 4-4, four and four, uh, the whole AFC South. Uh, AFC West has actually been pretty shockingly bad this year. The Chargers and Broncos, everyone thought, and the Raiders. Let's not even talk about them. Right. But, and then the Jets will slip off. The Dolphins will probably go up. So, I mean, honestly, there's still that those wild card spots are wide open. I do like them that keeping Hunt, and I actually do like Hunt in general. Uh, I still stand by my what I, my statement last week by trade trade for Hunt because by week 12, whenever Deshaun Watson gets there, uh, Hunt's going to be utilized very heavily, if I might yes. ask. It's a good Browns breakdown there. But as far as Miami goes, I think they need to start looking at a, uh AFC title run, possibly. We'll see. All right, let's move on to number six. Jacksonville decided to make one of the weirdest trades I've ever seen. So that Jacksonville acquired the suspended Calvin Ridley from Atlanta um, in exchange for a 2023 conditional fifth-round pick and a 2024 conditional second-round pick. I don't even want to go through the conditions attached to these picks because of how bizarre the circumstances are of how they can move up. Um, let's just say like some of these can become second rounders. If he gets a contract extension, it's a very bizarre conditional thing I've never seen before, but guys, what was Jacksonville doing here? You guys have played dynasty with me for a long time. This is a Joe Wiggins trade. For sure, it, it really some is weird shit for real. Um, but uh, no, I mean, Trevor Lawrence needs another weapon. Say Jones has been awesome, Christian Kirk's been okay, but they still need another guy there. So why not just get him right now when he's relatively cheap? Because you know, if something were to happen next year, if you tried to trade for him during preseason or something, they're never going to accept that trade because it's like we got Calvin Ridley back, you know. So you're floating something that could virtually nothing right now that could become something for a guaranteed something if you waited any longer. So I like this a lot. I absolutely love this trade. It's one of those ones that we did not see coming. There's always one. And this is the one that was just completely outlandish. Like Billy said, you didn't even know that you could trade a suspended player, which I guess no none of us really did. you could do that. Ah, yeah. But honestly, I, I love it for uh, Jacksonville. Number one, they do not have a number one receiver. I don't care. Tell me who it is. It's none of those people. Um, and not to mention now they have a bona fide number one receiver next year when they're actually competing. Trevor Lawrence is learning on the job here. Uh, it gets Doug Peterson to keep his job one more year, which looks pretty solid so far. Um, but my biggest thing is you have Calvin Ridley. Now you have an actual receiver for Trevor Lawrence to spread the ball down the field. And the, the king of conditional picks, I guess he got it from the Eagles over here. Doug Peterson, that those conditionals were awesome because if he gets reinstated by a certain date, if he if they get a contract extension on him, basically Jacksonville wins either way. Either they lose a third round pick or they have to pay a second eventually because they ended up having a good receiver where they want that they want to keep. So conditional picks are wild to actually follow, but that one was even crazier than anyone could dream of. Yeah. I um the only real problem I have with this is I don't know what Calvin really is gonna be when he comes back. Um, he wasn't exactly lighting it up when he went out. Um, 
from Atlanta. He had a really good year when he was playing with Julio. Now that was a really good Calvin Ridley year, but then when it was Calvin Ridley feature time, it wasn't exactly special. Um, and then obviously gets suspended for the entire season, which is just, I don't even know how they didn't get him reinstated because it's gambling on games. Who cares? But whatever. Um, so I don't, I mean, it's a low risk gamble for Jacksonville. So I'm glad that they're making a bet on him to potentially thrive in the future, but I don't know. This is a weird one. Just really strange. Two, two things real quick. Sorry. I'll let Joe go after this. Uh, he had double digits in every single game he played last year with what we now know, or I guess everyone else knows of aging Matt Ryan, who is done. Bingo. So no, absolutely not. Ridley is what he is. Like we all know what he is. Yeah. I mean, it depends on what he's done this year off, but I assume he's just excited about this and he's probably going to hit the weight room immediately. If he hasn't already, he's got a whole year to prepare. Yeah. His supporting cast in Atlanta was Zacchaeus and Russell Gage. And that was absolutely nothing. Now he actually goes where he has two competent guys in that locker room with him and he can kind of take over as the alpha and do some work. I like it a lot. We'll see. I don't know what they're going to get. But Go trade for Calvin Ridley right now in your dynasty leagues. I would highly recommend not doing that, but that's the, he's going to be 28 in December and me talking. Um, he's a wide receiver. You got 32 on him. Fair enough. No, I, <laughs> I don't know. 28 is that age. I'd trade Good luck to anybody that has Calvin Ridley going to Jacksonville. I just, I don't. Jacksonville's don't like an up and coming team. I don't know what you don't see in this team right now. Trevor Lawrence sucks. I'll start wow. there. Okay. Does Trevor Lawrence matter? sucks. There's way worse quarterbacks in this league that you were boning before the season started. Well, AKA I just wish... Zach Wilson. I, I was not boning Zach Wilson. I don't, I don't no, want Zach Wilson either. I, Jets. Oh, sorry. To... Baker Mayfield. My bad. Uh, I just, I think of terrible. I did think he was an upgrade over on. Sam Darnold. I, I don't well, know how wasn't. that was. That was a controversial take. At the right, simmer down now, boys. What's the trade? What's up next? Seven Buffalo trades. By the way, for everyone out there, Josh has Calvin Ridley on a dynasty team. That is why the emotion out there is a little bit heightened for Calvin Ridley. Uh, Number seven, Buffalo at the buzzer trades for Naheem Hines, and they trade in the some random picks. I'm not even going to get in the sixes. And then Zach Moss gets tossed in there out the door. Um, Naheem Hines of Buffalo. Is it anything more than just like insurance? Dude, that was a Kawhi Leonard three in the corner for the buzzer beater. Like, wild. Um, it's, it's, I, I don't know what this is. I don't know. Joe, go ahead. I like this a lot. You can't ride Devin Singletary as an RB1. As these games get more competitive in the postseason, he does not profile to be able to take a beating like he has been. He's a littler guy. So, by getting Naheem Hines, who's not bigger than him, but just a second guy in there who can also operate as your third down back. Bring another element to that offense. I mean, Naheem Hines has looked really solid when featured. And I think he gives Buffalo exactly what they need, especially the problem is with Buffalo, we haven't really seen them play from behind at all this year. So we don't know what they went really hard after McKissick. I think Naheem Hines is just as talented, if not more talented than McKissick here. So there's clearly a piece of this offense that they want to get on it. We just haven't seen it tested yet. So I like this trade for Buffalo a lot. I also kind of feel like they never use their running backs an actual running back. It's like they have like three James Whites on their team. Basically, they don't actually run a running back. So I would like to see them actually use these three guys now. Like it, I don't care if it's a committee or whatnot, but like for one, keep Josh Allen healthy. That man should not be running around like he does. Uh, and number two, like if you actually give yourself a run game, the game ends faster. So, I mean, instead of throwing deep balls to Gabe Davis when you're up by 30, like, I don't know. I, my question is, who did James Cook or yeah James Cook hurt in that room? Because I didn't think Cook was that bad in this season. They didn't really use him that much. But to... you understand how these coaches work. They're not going to trust a rookie in the playoffs. And I mean, I guess that's I guess that's what this is. And it's insurance for Singletary to make sure that if he does go down for any reason, you do have an actual running back in the room rather than just James Cook sitting behind him. I, I don't know. I, for fantasy, I don't think this means a whole lot. I really don't. But for the actual actual football of things, I think that this is really good for the Bills. I think this is just you know a little vanity, uh, a little you know getting a little work done 
just to make sure that they're ready to go for playoff time. I think the thing real- I hate about this trade, sorry, Josh, okay. just real quick, is Zach Moss going to Indy. We saw Deion Jackson absolutely studded out, and now you're going to give him even more competition. I swear if he is not listed as number two on that depth chart right away, it's really going to piss me off. Zach Moss, I love Zach Moss as a player, and I really want something from him. He couldn't have gone anywhere better. Like, come on, guys. Do a three-way trade, send him to Denver or something. Like, <laughs> just give Zach Moss a chance to thrive. Stay off at Deion Jackson. That's my I, only take. I agree. I wasn't even going to bring up Deion Jackson as much. It was more about why does everyone hate Zach Moss? Who did? What did he do to piss people off? He's been nothing but a decent running back since he came into the league. And for three years now, he's been averaging like four-plus yards per carry. He's been pretty great. Hasn't actually had a full chance to have a full workload because Buffalo never gave it to him. Obviously, uh, Jonathan Taylor is not going to let him have a full workload unless there's an injury. And then not to mention they still like Deion Jackson. So poor Zach Moss is the loser in all of this. Yeah. Like, And he goes to a worse team, so he doesn't even get a ring if they end up winning. Yeah. yeah. Very, very tough. Which, um, did they not treat Zach Moss like they wanted him to be a receiving back? That's I thought that was the, the plan, but they never the really. I got from it. But they always use Singletary in that vibe because yeah. they don't run the ball. So naturally, everyone's a receiving back on that team. Like, it, I, I don't get it. Yeah, I, but Zach Moss doesn't. I mean, I don't know, Billy. When he was coming out of college, did you get receiving back from him? Because watching him play, I don't get like scat back. I get more like run him right up the. That's middle yeah. He was, he was at Utah, and that's yeah. exactly what he was at Utah. He was a bust up the middle power yeah. back. I think that's the really role he needs to play. And Buffalo never used him for that. Well, yeah. his what his rookie contract will be up what next year, not this mm-hmm. following year, but the year after. Um, so he should hopefully get find a nice home. I just I feel bad for I feel bad for him. I yeah. do too, man. Hope so too. All right, number eight, Chicago. We're gonna end where we started. Back in Chicago, the Bears traded Roquan Smith for a second, fourth and fifth round picks from the Baltimore Ravens. I'll start this one off. Baltimore made, this is a terrible trade for Baltimore. I don't know what the hell they're thinking. I I think this is very stupid. And if they don't make a deep playoff run, this trade may go down as a complete boneheaded mistake from the front office. No, you're absolutely right. Um, I, I think it's a bad trade for both teams involved. It made no sense. The bears, are uh, all about trading their first round picks for players uh, of this, this kind of caliber, but then they couldn't even get a first for him in the first thing. They had to literally trade two first rounds for Cleo Mack and then have to sign him, which is the same concept for the Ravens who also have a, a, a pending Lamar Jackson signing. And I don't know what their money situation is, but it can't be good enough to pay uh, a top five quarterback and a top one linebacker. Um, so what are they going to do? Like they have to sign both of them. Now they traded their futures away for it. I mean, that was the time they were going to end up getting a hopeful Roquan Smith. So I get the idea of shoring up that number one linebacker, but you also have Patrick queen sitting there, which I think it's gonna be a great one, two punch, but at the same time, like you haven't signed Lamar yet. Yeah. Yeah. So I, the not signing Lamar thing and the loading up on defense, Tells me that they might not sign Lamar next year on this one. I mean, Can you imagine. Just, I it wouldn't shock me, man. I mean, if you look at it, Ajabo just came off the pup list. He's coming back. Geno Stone with all their injuries on the back end actually looks pretty solid. Now you get Roquan Smith next to Queen. You already, I mean, JPP's there. You have a really <laughs> solid defense right now for a playoff run and you got Lamar Jackson. So I think they're just going to ride it till the wheels fall off there. The problem on the Bears side of this is there was already a fractured relationship between Roquan and the Bears. They He thought he was going to get paid as a middle linebacker. They saw him as a weak side linebacker. So they were not going to pay him Fred Warner money. He wanted over $20 million a year to play there. And linebackers kind of turn into the running back of the NFL. I mean, they're, they're viewed as replaceable. They're not fundamental pieces like they used to be. So – I, I'm really happy for Roquan. I'm going to the game on Sunday, and Roquan is my favorite players. Was my favorite players on the Bears, and now I can't see him, so that kind of hurts. But I Brisker get it. Season. I don't like it. Brisker season. <laughs> Jack Sandburn, go pick him yeah, up. Yeah, I mean, I guess 
what I the only reason I think that Baltimore would do this is they really think they're going to make a playoff run because there's no way they're going to pay him after the season because they can't they can't pay one of the two, and if they got rid of of Lamar, I just man, what player like what quarterback are you going to bring in there without any weapons other than Mark Andrews and make that make sense? I just it's built is, around Lamar. I don't know why this is. That. John Harbaugh fighting for his job right now. Like it has to work. Otherwise he's gone basically. And then they pick up the pieces afterwards because there's no way you trade for Roquan to a second, a fourth and a fifth, which doesn't sound like a lot from the Chicago bears perspective, but from a team that's has a lot of holes, AKA wide receiver, AKA, I don't know the rest of their team other than Lamar and a tight end. Uh, I mean, you gotta, you gotta draft people to replace those positions. And right now they have, they're going to have either limited money and no draft picks, or they're going to have a lot of money and letting one of these guys walk. So, yeah, I can see them letting Lamar say, Hey, we'll give you this. Go try to find it elsewhere and let him test the market. Because I mean, you really possible. have to, I mean, for what he is, man, could you imagine dumping a huge Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson style contract on a guy like Lamar Jackson with the way he plays? Can you could no, franchise no. tag one of them, but that's Me not going to make them happy. There's no quarterback playing on a franchise tag. That's, that's it not would happen. it would definitely be sketchy, but good for the Bears if they were planning to lose him anyway. Might as well get something for him. Okay, let's Sucks, move. Though. Hurts my that's, soul. There is a couple more trades that were made. They weren't exactly relevant, so I didn't really write them down, or fantasy relevant at least, so I didn't write them down. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, let's move on to our main topic of the episode. Believe me, we spent the first 40 minutes talking about the trade deadline. This topic will not be as long as it normally is. All you listeners out there that are probably bunkering down for a very long podcast, but we're going to do mid season fantasy awards. So there's 17 weeks in the season. Now this is technically the halfway point between week eight and week nine, which is the halfway point of the season, in my opinion. So we're going to give away the, MVP fantasy MVP the fantasy bust of the year fantasy steal of the year fantasy rookie of the year and fantasy comeback player of the year for the first half of the season um we got some nominees for each category and we will pick one at the end so guys are you ready to get to the MVP let's do it so our nominees for fantasy MVP are Jalen Hurts from the Eagles Josh Allen from the Buffalo Bills or Austin Eckler from the Chargers. Josh, get into your case for why Jalen Hurts is the fantasy MVP. All right. Listen, I don't know what analyst it was, but some analyst somewhere made this whole argument up a couple weeks ago about how about Hurts isn't that great of a quarterback because he only has six passing touchdowns. Uh, well, one football week later, uh, here he is, 10 touchdowns. And you know, the best part is, this was the closest game we played to a full game this entire year. I don't know what, what it was that maybe maybe that Jalen Hurts heard that and he was like, listen, Sirianni, I got to throw for four touchdowns. This guy's talking shit. But just wait for one team because some team's going to put up 30 points against the Eagles. And you, and you think the Eagles are going to sit back? No, that's absolutely not. It will be circa 2010 Michael Vick with six touchdowns. In my opinion, not only is Jalen Hurts going to be you know a value in fantasy, uh, obviously we already know he is, but I mean, at the end of the year, but he will be MVP for the NFL as well. Wow. I can't disagree. If hey, he Josh, I'm going to need you to, uh, to pull up that Josh Allen graphic there for me. 
Uh, oh, wait. Go, I want to see that screen. Let me see the Jalen Hurts thing real quick. Would you like to make a, a nomination? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to make yeah. it right now. Okay, you see that number four right there? Right, oh, there we oh, go. Gosh, oh, wow. Allen. Number oh, one, oh, my man. Allen. Number one. Josh Allen has not see finished lower quick, than though? QB5. What? See that last game, though? 218 yards, two interceptions? I don't think Jalen Hurts has done that. Sorry, I'll let, I'll let you nominee. That's when you guys actually play a team, let me let me hear. You. <laughs> I'll but, talk to you in the playoffs. Okay, I'm not going to be in the playoffs, so that's fine. <laughs> Josh Allen has not finished lower than QB five this entire season. He's not going to. He is an absolute automatic start, and he alone can win you games. Josh Allen is my MVP. Wow, not even wow. not even hard. Fair enough. All right, well, my nominee for fantasy MVP. Now, see. You guys were, you know, are going quarterbacks, and I can appreciate that. But I would like to break off a stud running back who, of the last four games, has had thirty points in three of the last four. That is why Austin Eckler is my nominee for the fantasy MVP. That includes a hundred seventy-three yard performance against Cleveland. That me, that's you know, multiple touchdowns in at least all of the games that I said that he got thirty points in. Um, my, you know, he's not the number one running back necessarily, but he is the number one running back in PPR. So I think that Austin Eckler has given you, you know, you took him in the first round within the top, like four picks probably, um, and non, you know, super flex at least. And he has paid back every penny that you have, you know, drafted him for. So mine is Austin Eckler. Not a single, single digit game yet. And not to mention, he's just getting more involved in the passing game, which is just wild. Eckler is on an absolute tear. We haven't yes. seen a tear like this out of a running back in a while. I don't know. Remember that year when Jamal uh, Charles and Matt Forte were playing that same yeah, day? Shut up, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was Reminds a tear. their ACLs on the same day. That's a, uh, right. That was a that tough t- that was a tough break then. I'm sorry. I um, the fantasy MVP for us, we voted before the podcast, just so you know, kind of give everybody a little heads up here. Um, we voted Austin Eckler. He's been the best running back this year. Um, he's everything that you wanted Jonathan Taylor to be. Believe me, we're getting to him in a second. But Austin Eckler has made every fantasy drafter happy that got him in the first round. We got in a whole argument backstage. I totally was still voting Jalen Hurts. Um, this whole thing. Well, I'm proud of you for at least getting I was eating dinner, so I didn't into the proceedings at all. All right, we're going to fantasy bust of the year. Um, our nominees for this category are Najee Harris and Jonathan Taylor. Joe, give the Najee case. Okay, so my Najee case here, right? I'm going to throw out three names here: Craig Reynolds, <laughs> Daniel Jones, oh, no. and Jelani Woods. Okay. My man Najee Harris has less receiving yards than Craig freaking Reynolds, less rushing yards than Daniel Jones, who is a quarterback, and the same amount of touchdowns as Jelani Woods, who plays 0.3% of the Colts snaps. Guys, what the hell is going on with Najee Harris here? He has to be a bust for where he was drafted. I have to agree. I think Najee Harris, for what you thought he was going to be this year, he has not been it. And the main problem is the offensive line for the Steelers. They did not address it in the offseason, clearly. And it's still a really far way away. And Najee Harris isn't exactly one of those players that's, you know, he's not like Derrick Henry or any one of the fast guys like Miles Sanders or somebody like that where they're going to break away. Najee Harris is never going to be that. If you get contact with Najee Harris, he's going to fall down immediately. And that's very concerning for going forward but it's very concerning for fantasy purposes right now. I said this a couple of weeks ago. It's shades of Rashard Mendenhall. Uh, and I know our buddy Alan remembers that really quickly. Uh, it was a really bad ge- year for him. Uh, it was the year where he was a, in the top 10 of the draft. He got him whole everyone. Anyone who had Rashard Mendenhall just dropped off. But you know, the one, one person who's done worse than Najee Harris is Jonathan Taylor. And yeah, you can blame the injuries, but he was picked what seven picks ahead of Najee Harris in most drafts. And you cannot convince me that he is not the bust of the year. Number one overall. And there's people who had bad years. Oh yeah. Najee. Yeah. Bust material. Uh, I'm sorry, but uh, he's had six double digit games in PPR. You know who hasn't Jonathan Taylor since his 20 plus game in week one, he 
has had two double-digit performances, and I don't think it's his fault, although it kind of seemed like it because Deion Jackson had no problem doing this. But I don't know, arguably in a worse spot with Matt Ryan sitting and now sophomore Ellinger in there, I, I just... How do you not put the number one pick? Anyone who had the number one pick, Jonathan Taylor, is probably not doing that great right now. Well, and here's here's why he's going to win this category pretty easily is that you drafted him number one overall. You went into the season thinking that he was going to be this bell cow back that was going to be pumping out at least 20-point games every other week, maybe a 15-pointer put in there. Just That's an off game for him. And he has just not produced like that. After week one, he's fallen off of a cliff. The team is looking, it looks better when he's not even in there, which is wildly concerning. They're all, they've only games they've won this year. I'm pretty sure off the top of my head, the only games they've won are games that he hasn't played, which is weird. Um, I just, I don't know what to make of it. And for that reason, I Jonathan Taylor is the winner of this category. It's yeah. pretty it's pretty bad. He went from wide receiver four one to whatever he is now, thirty something. So yeah. I understand yeah. there's so been injuries. These guys, you're you're a little screwed right now. Yes. Both you know I have I have both of them in multiple leagues. It's cool. It's not going well in leagues that I have both of them for sure. Okay, let's get on to biggest steal of the fantasy football season so far. We have our nominees are Chris Olave, Jalen Waddle, and DeAndre Hopkins. I will start with my Waddle, uh, you know, defense. Um, the only the only real reason I've nominated Jalen Waddle is that everybody thought when they got Tyreek Hill that there it was going to be the Tyreek Hill show, and then Jalen Waddle was going to fall off and not be exactly relevant in the offense. And he's done everything but that. They are the best two wide receivers in the league right now, and as a tandem. Um, there's a few others you could probably argue for that spot, but I think it's these two guys right here. Tyree kills on pace to break Calvin Johnson's record and Jalen Waddle is literally slurping up every touchdown that comes available for them. And for that reason, I mean, nobody really saw Jalen Waddle being a top 10 wide receiver with Tyree kill also being a top 10 wide receiver. So that was my reason for nominating, nominating him. No, he was what wide receiver probably like 12 in the draft. And that was right around the time where people were like, eh, I guess I'll take Waddle. And it was kind of like the Cooper cup of last year. So I, yeah. I don't disagree with you. Cause he was very Cooper cupish. So which one do you have? I love the Waddle one, man. That, that's a great pick, but I had Deandre Hopkins. I mean, all my man has done since he came back two games ago was 22 receptions for 262 yards and a touchdown. I mean, 10 receptions his first game back, 12 last week. Mighty Mouse is locked in. He loves this dude. They spent all offseason trying to figure out how to line DeAndre Hopkins up in different ways to get him really good matchups. And they did a really good job of that, and you're seeing that now that it's definitely paid off. He was drafted number 80, ADP in a PPR. That was seventh round. Boom. I mean, to get that kind of production as someone in the seventh round is wild. I don't disagree with you. It's been ridiculous. And the sad thing is he could end up like if I, I don't, I didn't do math or anything. Cause I don't do that very well. Uh, but he could probably end up being in the top 10 receivers just if he kept keeps on this pace, which is just stupid. Crazy. Uh, uh, so I had the Olave. Um, I'm sorry, but as a rookie uh, in dynasty drafts, he was treated like an absolute pariah other than Jahan Dotson didn't get any more hate. Uh, he was going a seven in rookie drafts and uh, our man, Billy traded a first to me for him because he just didn't want him. Uh, and then he wasn't quite going undrafted, but he was wide receiver 45 at like a hundred. So like 10th, 11th round. Um, it, everyone just thought that Michael Thomas, who's been injured for what seems like nine years was just coming back and Landry joined them. So Olave oh, is not going to do anything. Don't worry about that. Uh, but not only has he like just been showing out, he's currently wide receiver 16. After missing a game and being drafted at wide receiver 45, I just nothing but upside at this point to make the top 10. And as a rookie, I mean, I mean, arguably could be rookie of the year, although we'll get to that in a moment. I just Chris Olave, just he is having a season right now. Yeah, can't disagree with Olave. Um, definitely. I mean, I was one that was very down on him. His actual path to getting to be the number one target person on the uh, Saints was a tough road because you would think wow. it would have been Michael Thomas. You would have thought Landry. You would have thought Kamara. 
like you, you know, would have just thought there's no way Olave was going to lead this team in targets, and yet here we are. He's the main wide receiver on that team. He looks and profiles as a wide receiver one, and I think next year, like you're not gonna, you're we're gonna have a hard time keeping him out of the top 50 players. I think, and you know, maybe top 30 if we get right down to it. If he continues on, at the time of his best game, Michael Thomas had just gotten injured, and Landry was still playing. He did get injured in that game. So, I mean, it, it was just he broke out and he was next man up, basically, and he was already doing pretty well as it was. So And never looked back. But our winner of this category, which controversial winner, I'm not going to lie, is DeAndre Hopkins. Um, getting him as late in the draft as everybody did, for him to come back right away and look like he's been playing the entire season is nothing short of amazing. And the fact that he got popped for – drugs that were making him get better and you know feel better when it goes into football as a 30 year old wide receiver to see him come back like this i would say it was well worth it (laughs) more power to him more power to him okay rookie of the year we can do this one pretty quickly i think uh our nominees are damian pierce and kenneth walker uh josh you want to give the damian pierce uh yeah, because you guys Steel. don't you guys don't like my answers, but it's fine. Uh, Damian Pierce is a madman. Uh, I'm sorry, but I'm sad that everyone kind of jumped on the bandwagon during the preseason because I was hoping to get him in a lot more places. I think we all were, uh, but I am happy to see Pierce look this phenomenal. Uh, and my argument for Pierce is that he is his team is just 100 trash, except for him. Uh, in week one, when he broke out, literally broke out for a 75 yard touchdown. That became the Texans offense. That was their identity and will be for the foreseeable future. Um, Although, like I said, there should be others that are considered here. Uh, The fact that Pierce is RB 16 on arguably the worst offense is phenomenally impressive. Yeah. You're getting a no argument for me as far as Damian Pierce definitely deserves a lot of credit. I really, it drives me nuts how Sleeper put zero next to rookies even halfway through the season. Like, give him a point five or something. Give him a little respect. He's almost played half a season. Yeah. Uh, My vote, Kenneth Walker. Uh, We all knew Rashad Penny was getting hurt. It was just a matter of time. Kenneth Walker looks (laughs) like he was shot out of a freaking howitzer every time he touches the ball. The man is fast as hell. It is absolutely incredible that he is – Number 20 running back, but only getting like four games worth of starts here. This is incredible, man. Uh, Kenneth Walker looks just like he did at Michigan State. He That whole offense is just humming right now, which <laughs> all of us would have laughed at if we heard that in, I don't know, May. I think we would have been laughing our asses off. But, uh, yeah, Kenneth Walker is my vote. The dude is a stud machine. And don't get me wrong. I agree that Kenneth Walker should be in consideration but the fact that Kenneth Walker's playing on a good team, if you interchange Pierce here, I think Pierce has better numbers. I, okay. Yeah, yeah, Pierce how about that? Pierce does not look nearly as explosive. I, as I hear because he has no offensive line. He ran for a 75-yard touchdown on a team that shouldn't even be able to block anyone. And then no passing game. I'm sorry. Pierce is my vote. I will take it to the grave. I hear you, but the fact that we're calling Seattle a good team when we did not think they were a good team is, I mean, that's... But it's not because of Kenneth Walker. They were already a good team before Kenneth Walker took over. They're a so, better team now, though. Better team now, you would, right. I would have to say. But uh, Fireball bet, Pierce ends up higher than Kenneth Walker at the end of the year. In she, we'll just do... Are Shiba we, we going to cut people. it off at week six and start from week six on? Or are we going to attack on your crap where he had the starting job the whole five weeks prior he didn't have the starting job till week three so i will will no it, it doesn't matter he's gonna end up with more points than damian pierce by the time a- anything i think that they might even chill on using damian pierce towards the end of the season just to not get him hurt so that is an easy bet kenneth walker will finish with more points than damian pierce fireball bet joe you in on this or are you gonna i'll take it just because i like drinking so jot it down bill uh, jot, jot it down. down kenneth walker is the winner here he is the the breakout player either of these guys are good choices i could this draft class for running backs is looking like an all-timer if you include Brees hall who would have been in this category if he didn't he get hurt be he probably dead. should have been nominated yeah. anyway because he was here for most of that time and looked absolutely phenomenal no we already but, forgot about him yeah who's Brees hall exactly yeah, is that my brother Brees who um yeah kenneth walker is the winner but damian pierce also very good all right comeback player of the fantasy year 
is between Travis Etienne and Saquon Barkley. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold, hold, hold on one second. Let me just uh, – a late submission here, I guess, because uh, nobody's talking about me. Um, but you can't find the tab. Give me a second. Just my apologies. Uh, Geno Smith. I'm sorry. Are we just going to forget about Geno Smith, who we just kind of touched on? Uh, I think the end of NFL end of the year superlatives will easily have Geno Smith as the comeback player of the year. And I think he needs to be at least considered for fantasy purposes as well. Uh, Geno hasn't been the day one starter since 2014 and has barely played in between that now and then, except for a, a spill of a spell of filling in for some injured quarterbacks or at the end of the year. Uh, I, I just, I feel like everyone thought that the Broncos won this trade and it's clear as day that the Seahawks won this by a landslide. And Gino is QB seven right now, currently on pace for a 4,000 yard campaign. And with how shitty quarterbacks have been, he has a chance to be in the top five. I I'm sorry, Gino for comeback player of the year. Don't fair enough. Joe, I'm going to have to agree with Josh on this one. Um, I'm just going to give him my vote. Uh, my vote is Travis Etienne. He got injured last year. Uh, Dude's on an absolute tear. I mean, if you were listening to me since like freaking, I don't know, February of last year. When we started the podcast. Travis Etienne was, was the guy. <laughs> What's up? So when we started the podcast, you were on a Yeah, since so. I've been all about Travis Etienne for a long time. My man, he is very solid and they are completely committed to him now ever since they cha- traded James Robinson. You're really seeing what he is capable of doing. So... Travis Etienne hurt last year. Now he's absolutely studying out. He is my comeback player of the year. Well, my nominee, even though it kind of wasn't my nominee, would be Saquon Barkley. Um, I think that his ability to come back at, after last year, you know, the last couple of years, he's been banged up, not able to finish entire seasons. We've always seen exactly what he could be, but I think Dayball has kind of used him to his complete and utter, like, you know, fullest extent um, of Saquon Barkley and he is a surefire number one probably should have been in the first round of a lot of drafts I was seeing him slip to the second and even in one draft saw him slip to the third which was now embarrassing looking back but it happened and uh, yeah that's never going to happen again I think as long as Saquon is still playing in the NFL he's going to find himself in the first round of or fantasy drafts I don't think we're going to let that kind of mistake happen again. Bro, I don't know what drafts you were in, but Saquon was going in the first and second, like early second. Like I didn't have a chance at him except for one time. Actually, no, I don't think I had a chance at Saquon Barkley this year. And I, he was on my like love list. Like I, I, I'm, Matt, I'm Matthew Berry now, and he was on my love list. Yeah, one draft. He made it to the third round. And Wild. No copyright infringement there. Sorry. That's yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> exactly none. Um, I guess we'll give the winner to Geno Smith um, coming back out of nowhere to be a fantasy relevant quarterback in a year where some of these, you know, your Aaron Rodgers, your Tom Brady's have been complete night of disasters. You've had Geno Smith come in there and be a relevant wide or quarterback one for the entire season so far. And so, anyone who had themselves a Matt Stafford or Tom Brady or even early Joe Burrow, like, got themselves Geno Smith real quick, and they were like, wow, this is actually working. Yeah. Yeah. Geno won a lot of games for a lot of people. Oh, yeah. There's a reason the Seahawks weren't really concerned going into the season when they were like, oh, no, we're not not playing into tank this year. We got Geno Smith. We all laughed. We all took a good hearty. Dude, we really did. That's that's a tanking roster. But lo and behold, they have one of the best running backs in the league now, and they have one of the top ten quarterbacks in the league right now. So hard to – uh, knock what they're doing here. I'm thinking all I should tell even more um, how bad Russell Wilson was last year and this year. That- I don't want to, I don't want anyone to clip this because I feel like I was at least a little higher on Gino because I felt like he couldn't have been as bad. I never thought he would be this. Let me be clear. Uh, but I, he had DK Metcalf and Lockett. He set up more than a lot of other teams with wide receivers and even running backs because running backs were solid to start. So he had all the pieces there and he showed why he, stayed in the league so long and it's great for him. I think like no doubt NFL superlative comeback player of the year. I think every quarterback should have their job broken going into year three. Oh my God. It'll really help him out. Yeah. It shows what happens when that happens. Man, would the jets do anything to take him back right now? Oof. 
Okay. Well, that's all we got for this episode of the podcast. Follow Josh at Josh Hall STL. Follow Joe at OP Joe with two E's. Follow me at Ombre Vendor on Twitter. Follow the podcast at Offensive Points. Follow at IDP Army on TikTok, YouTube, and Twitter as well. And then just a reminder out there, if you're still listening, we have a second podcast feed called the Best Ball Fantasy Sports slash Dynasty Tailgate feed. It is a completely separate a batch of content it is not going to be on the main feed especially if you're looking for dynasty tailgate because a lot of people have been dming me trying to figure out where it is it'll be on that channel um just trying to push more people to go over there because that feed is up and running and you know that's where the content will be jordan's also doing a lot of underdog best ball stuff and we will have more podcasts popping up here and there on that feed joe is out of here good night When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.